are listening to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast, hosted by Quincy Wheeler and Friends, a podcast about the Cleveland professional baseball team and its fans. to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian FanCast or at Quincy Wheeler one on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFanCast.com. Well, I've been absent for a couple days again. It's just difficult right now. Just got a lot of work stuff to do and a lot of life stuff happening. So trying to get these in where I get the chance. A little afternoon session today and then we'll have our Guardians party line recording and then I've got another special episode planned, so should have some good content for the rest of the week. And thank you for those of you who listen. Appreciate all of you. Those of you who download, uh, rate, subscribe, review, really appreciate that as well. Uh, just trying to keep the podcast going and keep people engaged with Guardians Baseball and provide a place for fans to talk to each other and share their thoughts on this team. Well, so the Guardians had a rough road trip. I know that uh, Josh Naylor said when Andre Knott was talking to him after the last game, man, we would have liked to have a couple series wins. would have liked to get one more game. I really felt like going into San Diego and Arizona, if they came out of those six games with a split, three losses, three wins, you'd feel pretty darn good about the road trip. Coming out with two losses, two wins and four losses, isn't great, but it certainly is where you're like, all right, we survived, we can do this. And that's where you turn your attention to the schedule. The Guardians now play Oakland, they play Milwaukee, and then they play the Kansas City, then they play the Cubs, then they play the Braves, then they play the Royals, and then you have the All-Star game. Those are all games where the Guardians should be able to hold their own. The Brewers are solid, but not amazing. Cubs, same way. And the Athletics and Royals are terrible. The Braves are good. So you have four games against the Braves. Uh, at, uh, sorry, you have three games against the Braves. They're at home, so you, you hope maybe you can use your home field advantage and steal one or two of those. But you really should be winning the series against these other teams. Four games against the Royals to end before the All-Star break. Win three of those four. Three games against the Cubs. Win two of those three. Uh, Three three games against the Athletics. Sweep that series. The Brewers at home. Win that series. Three games against the Royals in Kansas City. Get two of those games at least. If you do that, if the Guardians can manage something like that, however they figure it out, then they'll be over 500 and they should be in pretty good position to be in a driver's seat in the division. If they can manage to sweep series against the Athletics, sweep series against the Royals, and manage to win series uh, against the Brewers and Cubs, and you know getting the Braves at home do well in that series, uh, things get pretty exciting. And it seems like the Guardians' offense has really kind of turned things around lately. So that's important. 
Obviously, that's been the big issue for the team all year. If that's the case, then I feel pretty good about their chances of turning things around. It sounds like from every indication that we've seen from the teams and some rumors out there that Gavin Williams is going to pitch for the Guardians on Wednesday, which is exciting because uh, that means that they're really trying to push all their chips in, get their best pitchers out there with Tristan McKenzie's injury. Super sad that Tristan McKenzie has an elbow inflammation issue. Probably that's the kind of thing that leads you to Tommy John. And if not Tommy John, I doubt we'll see him pitch again this season. If he does, it'll probably be at the very end of the season, which, of course, you'd take that if that was the case. You'd feel pretty darn good about it if that was the case. Uh, But there's really no way to know right now. I just am regretful the fact that I don't get to see Tristan McKenzie pitch anymore because that is one of the great joys. At least I get to see uh, Jose Ramirez hit. Uh, Notice that uh, Tom Tango, Tango Tiger on Twitter, who uh, is one of the baseball savant guys, pointed out that Jose Ramirez should have 16 home runs and just kind of luck of the draws only ended up with 11. So he's had a better season than anyone might think, and he has the most... Uh, Fangrass wins above replacement of any third baseman in baseball. Should be starting for the American League, but unfortunately, fan votes aren't going that well. If you go out on the internet at some point, remember to vote for Jose Ramirez. Let him be our representative. Let's show how much we love him and are thankful for him uh, extending with the team and leading the team as he does in every possible way. So we've got Jose Ramirez. We've got... um, We've got our pitchers that are going for us. Tanner Bybee had a hiccup. Logan Allen had a hiccup. They're young pitchers. That's going to happen, but I'm confident they're going to figure things out. And, of course, we finally got the Bo Naylor call-up. Everyone's been wanting and asking for. Bo Naylor's going to have some bumps in the road for sure. He's not a finished product as a defensive catcher. And he's got room to grow as a hitter, too. But I think that everyone will eventually be pretty pleased with what he's able to offer at the plate. He'll take his walks. He'll get some hits. He'll hit some homers. It'll make a big difference as far as that's concerned. And he's a super hard worker, so I'm sure he's going to figure out the managing of a pitching staff and defensive catcher responsibilities as quickly as any young player can. Important that player that fans are patient with bow because it's going to take a little bit and it's a process so you have to be patient with him uh, but you'll enjoy the final product so it'll be worth it i'm also excited to see if maybe he steals some bases it's been kind of disappointing to see the guardians slow down on the stealing would love to see them get a little more aggressive on the base paths uh, and hopefully they will here in the next few weeks i think most fans uh, after you see gavin williams called up and you have uh, Bybee, Allen, and Williams in the rotation. Then at some point, you probably get Quantrill back, and one of those guys either goes on the IL for a little bit or goes back down to Columbus to tinker with some stuff and start a little less often and take breaks and extend their innings so that they can uh, last through the whole season, hopefully. I think most fans would just love to see the team be a little more aggressive on the position player side of things, but it's important to remember makes more sense to be super aggressive with pitching because guys only have so many bullets in their arms and you might as well use them in the major leagues if they're throwing well enough, which Williams obviously is. He's at his age at AAA. He's got the, the uh, highest swing strike rate of any pitcher his age or younger. 
Uh, so that means the guys are uh, getting fooled by his stuff. His stuff looks good. You can see his stuff looks good if you look on Baseball Savant. He's got good break on the fastball. He's obviously got great velocity. Control's the only issue. He struggled to find his control where he had it in AA and AAA, which makes perfect sense. He'll struggle with some control in the majors, just like Tanner Bybee is. But these guys eventually figure it out. Andre not mentioned on the telecast that uh, Bybee's got some relief point issues. That's pretty common for young players to get a little bit out of their delivery and mechanics and have to work their way through it while getting these major league stars. But they'll do it, and Carl Willis and the team will get them on track. And I think by the end of the season, we'll all be pretty thrilled with what these young pitchers are able to offer, which leads us to the point of wondering if the team is going to look to trade Shane Bieber or another pitcher. Obviously, Shane Bieber is the one that everyone thinks of trading because he's only got one more year of control. But they could look at trading Savale. If Quantrill comes back and is healthy, they could look at trading him. Personally, I would be most interested in seeing what's out there for an Aaron Savali deal. As much as I like Aaron Savali, you just can't count on him to be healthy. I think you could probably get a, a lot for him that you might not be able to get for Bieber. Or at least a Bieber deal probably isn't going to bring you that much more this July than it will bring you in the offseason. I could be wrong, but I think that's possible. So you could try one more run with Bieber, trade him in the offseason. I'm okay with that. Uh, But I do think the team needs to enter the trade market saying, let's try to be aggressive in terms of solving our right-handed slugging issue, especially in the outfield. Is George Valera going to be an answer out there? It's hard to count him for health, and he doesn't hit left-handed pitching because he's a left-hander. You know, if you're counting on George Valera, then you really need to add Elaine Thomas or Brent Rooker, somebody who can be that short side of the platoon with George Valera. And that's a way they can go. I think if they think Valera is ready and they're excited about him, that I'd be fine with that approach. You know, if you can get rid of, I shouldn't say that, if you can trade one of your amazing middle infield prospects and get that strong, that short side of the platoon outfielder to pair with a George Valera, and then you get Brennan or Quan in center and the other one in left, uh, and straw to the bench, straw to that fourth outfield spot, please, Lord, please let him end up there sooner rather than later. Uh, I think you'd see an amazing improvement in the offensive performance of the team overall. It'd be interesting to see if Juan Brito makes an appearance at some point and if the team has him try out different positions like first base and left field to see where he might be able to fit in defensively. Uh, I just mentioned that because he's showing advanced skills at double A. I think he'll probably be called up to triple A before too long. He has the, uh, among players his age or younger, he has the third lowest uh, swinging strike rate at double A. That means he's really seeing the ball well there, and all of his numbers uh, back that up as well. Uh, his numbers look pretty good for a young player um, at, uh, at Akron. So I do think it'll be interesting to see what the team does with him if you'd see him make an appearance kind of like a Jose Ramirez did at a young age. Yeah, at Akron, he's got a 175 WRC plus right now. 552 slugging percentage. Uh, and so that's pretty exciting to see. Not sure if his final place is at second base, uh, but we will see. And, and certainly looks like he can probably manage to move around a little bit if the team needs to. And be interested to see if they make that happen. Uh, 
And it might be an interesting question of whether Juan Brito or George Valera is the next position player to get a call if they need some extra help. I do think the team, when they think someone's ready to help out in the outfield, will be aggressive. And I realize this is probably an, a, an aggressive take on my part because they haven't shown much willingness to move on from Strawn Center. But again, Meisel said several times in the offseason that the team knew they couldn't continue with Straw hitting the way that he was for a whole nother season. So I do think the all-star break, if, if, Straw, if Straw's still hanging around that 65 to 70 WRC plus range, that you might see the team say, hey, let's make you more of a Gerard Dyson, Billy Hamilton type than a guy that's going to play every single day. And for Ahmed Rosario, I mean, I do think he's going to hit a lot better here in the next month or so than he has, but the defense is never really going to improve that much. It might improve a little bit. One thing I saw looking into the numbers and looking at some videos that he's had some really poor transfer and throws, and I don't think that's probably likely to continue. Range to the right and left hasn't been as much of an issue for him as it has been getting the ball out of his glove and throwing it accurately, and that hasn't typically been the case. So I do think there might be some positive regression defensive-wise, but he's not a good defensive shortstop. It would be great if we could move him off of there. I love to see Ahmed DH every time against left-handed pitching and let Josh Bell or Josh Naylor take a seat. Uh, that'd be fine with me. like to see David Fry get some more bats against left-handed pitching. Uh, it can be a catcher. It looks like he'll be all right there. He's got a great arm, great transfer, just some other little stuff to work on there. Not going to be a great defensive catcher, but maybe a pretty good backup defensive catcher. That's something to keep an eye on. But he certainly should be batting every time there's a left-handed pitcher on the mound because he absolutely crushes left-handed pitching, and we can use that in the lineup. So I'd like to see that happen. And uh, Josh Naylor's proven he can hang in there against left-handers. Just wish he wouldn't get a start every time against left-handed pitching. Give him a break now and then. Get David Fry in. Get Ahmed Rosario in at DH. That gives you the chance to really see what you've got in some of these younger players at other positions that that opens up for them. And Josh Naylor, while he's going to be fine against left-handed pitching, is never going to be great against left-handed pitching. So I feel like I'd love to see them make that kind of move. Again, though, I don't think that anything happens as far as Rosario or Straw to the bench until at least the All-Star break, maybe after. If Ahmed gets super hot, I do think that you might find some teams interested in trying him out at shortstop and saying, hey, I think we can make this work for a playoff run, get his bat in our lineup. And I do think the Guardians would be aggressive in making that deal happen, especially if they're behind for the division lead or tied or it's close to just say, hey, we've proven that we've got some guys here who can fill in and we can move on now uh, that people have seen where they are. But I'm not in the clubhouse and I don't know exactly how that works. Been good to see Gabriel Arias get a little bit better against left-handed pitching. He's so struggled against lefties, but he's managed to get a couple walks. I sure hope they don't treat him like a platoon option against lefties like they have because I don't think his numbers indicate he's ever going to be great against left-handed pitching. They do indicate that he'll be all right in the long term. Just would like to see him get a good run so they can see what they have in him as far as you know the potential, the ceiling that he can offer and uh, where that's going to be. As obviously, that glove is incredible at shortstop, but is he really a super utility guy? He can put in anywhere and feel great about the glove. 
that has a lot of value to a team. Just think he needs to get a little more consistent at bats. So this has kind of been a state of the Guardians right now. I feel like they're in a pretty good spot right now with the Twins struggling. But this next stretch of games, these next two and a half, three weeks, they're really going to tell us about what this team is and what we should expect them to be. And it's strange that you can say that that late in the year, but because the rest of the division has struggled, it has given the Guardians the opportunity to make up for a terrible start to the year and blowing some games against some really bad teams. So if they can have a really good stretch coming up, then I think things get pretty exciting. You probably don't see a Bieber trade in that case, but you could still see, like I said, a trade of one of your best shortstop prospects or even a pitching prospect like Cantillo. Uh, Cantillo, he, maybe that could be a guy that they could move and get a player to help them at that short side of the platoon to hit lefties in the outfield. Definitely could see that being a possibility. So a lot will depend on how the next month goes. I'm sure after the All-Star break, the front office will reassess of whatever they're assessing and go forward, and hopefully they'll be aggressive as possible to help the team out with a little more slugging, help the team out to push them over the finish line and get something done to really make a run in the World Series. I don't think they should punt on 2023 yet because I do think there's still a possibility to make a World Series run, even as tough as the first half has been so far. They can turn this thing around, and that's exciting to think about. But no matter what, it'll be fun to watch these players, be fun to watch these young guys grow and learn and show what they're capable of. So excited to see both nailers in the lineup over and over. How great is that? Two brothers playing baseball, professional baseball, and for the same team. That's so rare. I've got two kids that are close in age, and that would just be so amazing if they ever did that. don't think I've given them the athletic genes to do it, but I'm sure that I'll see them play some sports together. And whatever level, that'll be super exciting. So congrats to the Nailers and their family. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them play. Hopefully we get some at least somewhat good news on Tristan McKenzie, where maybe he'll avoid Tommy John's surgery. But, man, I can't wait to see him pitch again whenever it happens. He's just an amazing player to watch. And uh, so hope Guardians fans enjoy this next run, get out to see some games, and give this team your full support as they try to make a run. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us on any major podcast platform. Please remember to like, subscribe, download, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.